Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi, Mike. How are you? What's going on, Jake? Oh, man, I've had an exciting day today. I'm good. It is an exciting day. It's uh, a lot going on. I should plug in my headphones so there's no uh, reverberation on uh, sound going back through. Now I just have to figure out where the headphone jack is in this thing. How do they make these computers, Mike, to be so hot without blowing up? I, you know what? That's I what don't, I don't understand. This my, thing is like I could cook an egg on this computer right now. My wife's previous laptop and it would sound like it was like lifting the house off the ground like helicopter style let's go but uh yeah i don't know i've gone to this mac mini and for the most part it's been good but i just tried to plug the headphone jack in and it feels like like literally it's this thing could burn down (laughs) anyway this is an obr obr off-season production here um we are gonna start doing so so many things and it's going to be great. We're kind of ironing out the schedule as we go with how we're going to cover things, but definitely as we do this show, we're going to be looking at a couple position groups, obviously going to be looking at a couple groups that you should be thinking about from a Browns perspective, because they're going to be on the forefront of our minds in terms of how we change this thing around, uh, how they end up fixing the issues that they have and get into the playoffs. And then as we go through the offseason, we'll iron out a little more of our schedule, what we're going to do as a group, where we're going, kind of like looking at specific position groups as we did last year, looking at free agent options, looking at offseason options and trades, obviously, and then obviously kind of concluding with the draft before we push into previewing the, the upcoming team. So, Mike, garage beers, exciting stuff happening. Why don't you lay that out for us? What's happening, man? Well, first and foremost, man, uh, uh, grateful to you, grateful to everybody with the OBR. We've gotten, we've gotten to be just good friends with you guys uh, ever since we kind of started having you guys on the Garage Beers co- podcast, whether it was Jake or, or Steven or, you know, and then I got to know Barry a little bit and uh, uh, we, uh, we officially got, uh, got the invite a little while back from you guys to, to jump on and bring the Garage Beers podcast to the OBR officially. And so, the Garage Beers podcast is now officially a part of the OBR. Uh, for all of you guys that are watching, just know the OBR is unchanging. Uh, so you're still going to have all the literally the best Browns coverage anywhere is going to still be going on on the OBR. The Garage Beers podcast is also going to be unchanging, though. And so the Garage Beers podcast is going to come in and we're going to talk Browns and we're going to talk about Cavs. Guardians, Buckeyes, Blue Jackets. We're going to do, and we're going to bring in our special guests that we do pretty much every week. Uh, and so, Jake, if you don't mind, I feel like I'm just going to drop a bombshell because I feel like I'm going to explode if I don't. And so, episode 100 of the Garage Beers podcast is coming up. It'll be released on Thursday. You'll be able to listen to this one. We're going to start doing Twitch streams, but this week you'll be able to listen to it on anywhere you can find a podcast. And we have already announced that for episode 100, we have all-time Blue Jackets great Rick Nash, all-time Cavaliers legend and Mr. Cavalier Austin Carr, and now the third and final, the big reveal, the third and final, and we want you to listen to this one. We have Browns legend, 
the the Iron Man himself, the man who missed literally never a snap until the end of his career, Joe Thomas, is joining us on the Garage Beers podcast for episode 100. You'll be able to hear Joe Thomas with us on Thursday. So too much exciting stuff. My head is is flowing. I hope I didn't talk too long, but we're excited to be a part of the OBR. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we couldn't be happier to have you guys and and, and finding a a mesh of, of really good talent, smart people, uh, guys who know the Browns well, and then expanding to, you know, to have conversations around other parts of Cleveland sports, I don't think is a, is a problem at all. Expanding our coverage a little bit there fits with what we're doing. So we're happy to have you, Mike. Uh, I know we're, we'll introduce more of the, of the group later on, uh, into next week or the week after whenever we get the first episode rolling. Uh, but yeah, you'll get, you guys will get a great feel for them. And we're excited. So I want to make sure tonight's show, though, however long we're here, whether we're here for 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever, <laughs> doesn't really matter to me. Uh, we're going to have some different in and out opportunities for you to fire questions. We're going to look at some specific players and two position groups that we think are of interest. Uh, we'll start at wide receiver because wide receiver is obviously a position of need. How many guys, Mike, do you think that they really need to bring in to feel comfortable going into next year? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think you have to think about guys that could, ten- could potentially be on their way out. And I think Jarvis Landry is is on that list as, m- as much as people don't want to think about that. And so then you're looking at this group and going, okay, Anthony Schwartz. Well, we don't really know about Anthony Schwartz. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. We still don't really know about Donovan Peoples-Jones. At times he looks like a one. At times he looks like a six rounder. Uh, uh, Rashard Higgins. Is he yeah. going to be around next year? We don't know. So there's so much unknown at the wide receiver position with the Browns. The answer to that question is a a bunch, a bunch. I think there's going to be a lot when you're talking about, especially at camp, I think you're going to be talking about, yeah, a whole lot of new faces in that wide receiver room. Uh, And I think they're going to come from all over the place. I do too. I do too. I definitely think you are looking at a minimum of three real additions, not saying they won't go out play the fringe market, get some guys who can come in to compete too, but a minimum of three. I'm interested too, before we start looking at names, just so we can rattle some people off, how, how, uh, you know, because this is so guessing game, you know, we don't, we don't know who's going to actually hit the market or not, who's going to be franchised, who's going to resign. How, how do you feel about Jarvis? Is there a path to him coming back and making it work? Or do you see this as a best suited divorce scenario? Well, I think I guess I, I think should I'll, ask about Richard Higgins too. You can talk about uh, any both of those guys. Well, Jarvis is a little different because he's still under contract, but Higgins is Higgins' situation is uh, is more free agency market. I, 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 I the the Jarvis thing is hard for me because I can only talk about it from a production on the field standpoint, and obviously Jarvis has now battled through a couple seasons of injuries, and this year especially Jarvis just. Looked like he lost a step this year. Now, I don't know if Jarvis really did lose a step or if he was just hurt, uh, but he looked like he lost a step and he didn't have that same kind of effect on the game. And so if Jarvis doesn't have that kind of effect on the game, can they bring him back at, what, $16 million a year? No. Then you're probably looking at a restructure if he even wants to stay here. Uh, But in the building, what we don't know is we saw it. We talk about it to this day the hard knocks episodes of Jarvis really trying to change the culture in the wide receiver room. Yeah. And, and you're talking about a guy that is the veteran in that room. It's, it's all young guys. And then Jarvis Landry. And so what's the value of that? I don't know what the value of that is, mm-hmm. but what, what does the team find the value of that? As far as Rashard Higgins goes, I, I don't think he's back. 
I yeah. think he put himself I don't I don't know the story. So this is pure speculation. But I think Jarvis put himself in the doghouse just one too many times. And I think you saw it. They 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 didn't play him until they absolutely had to play him. Uh, and I think so I think it's not a production thing with Richard Higgins. I think it's I don't think the coaches trust him to go out there and do, do what he's asked to do. And so I, I can't yeah. imagine they bring him back. Too many, too many valleys for Richard Higgins to really trust the idea that, you know, I thought there was a building process happening last year. You thought that he could take a step back solely because of Odell's return and kind of filling in that void. But then it's like, okay, he doesn't play a ton when Odell was out. Then he does play some when Odell gets traded later in the year, let go, released. And he never quite finds a role after that. So it's like, something there behind the scenes. There's no other reason to me that's that they, they couldn't figure it out other than there's a disconnect between, you know, between Richard, the offense, what they want him to do, how he's practicing all of the effort that goes into everything kind of in a, in a lead up to a game. There must've been something there. I, again, like you said, conjecture, but there's no other explanation how you can just re dip again, because what happens if with him is, Freddie Kitchen season, he dips down again, you know, doesn't have any production. Then he goes back after 2018, uh, that last half of 2018. Then he comes back out in 2020, really doesn't earn a job until the Cowboys game. Then he starts to take off really when, because if you remember, he was, he was not active for a lot of the early. Oh, people were screaming games. about it. They were yeah, screaming about 2020 it. games. He wasn't active. Then, then Odell gets hurt and it kind of takes off. But like, I just don't see a path forward. As for Jarvis, he was always going to be a guy who who deteriorated uh, sort of ugly, right? Like, he's never been a runaway from you guy. He's right. never a flatline burner. He always has gotten by with wiggle. I just think that the stuff, the one plant, the, the different moves that he's excelled at throughout his career have not uh, have not been kind to him in the past few years. Uh, I just don't I – don't, I don't know that the future of keeping a $16 million receiver who doesn't really do – um, you know, very much in terms of explosive plays, uh, downfield opportunities, making people miss consistently, catching the football consistently has been a bit of a problem too. Like Jarvis, like what he's brought to Cleveland. If he can restructure for something cheap, cheap, then I can get behind it because I do value a guy who's been around the block and knows how to handle himself and can can really pass along NFL experience to young guys that because the Browns are clearly going to be bringing in some young players yeah it's it's just tough the 16 million dollar thing is is not it's not a thing to me so they are more than likely to move on I'm not calling it impossible to restructure something but to me it feels very much like there's just a parting of ways because Jarvis will have a standard that he wants to be paid and I think then you start to get into okay uh, is he willing to play for the Browns for seven, six million a year right. for the year? I don't know that he's willing to do that. So I think you're probably looking at a conversation about a restructure before an, an, an eventually a separation sort of happens there. That's just where I'm at with it. Well, and Jake, real quick, because you can already see some of the comments on Rashard Higgins. People in Cleveland love Rashard Higgins yeah. because Rashard Higgins had a knack for making a big play. Rashard Higgins might have one catch in a game but it would usually be a big catch. It was a touchdown or this big epic first down on like a fourth down. Yeah. He always came up with a big play and the, and he's a likable kid. He's a million dollar smile. He does the runway walk. People like him here, but I think it says something Jake that the Browns 
coming out of camp even, were so willing. I don't think there's that big of a difference. Now, you could talk about it all you want, but like they were, the Browns were so willing to just be like, Donovan Peoples-Jones is that guy that's going to be out there. Rashard Higgins, we don't know. Because I don't, I don't know. Like I, I know Peoples Jones might be faster. He's a little bigger, whatever. But yeah. like Richard's had a little production in this league, and DPJ is still pretty relatively unknown. And coming right out of camp, they were like, "No, DPJ's our guy." Higgins, no, and and he never really saw the time. So I, I, there's just so much else going on there. I just think Richard's again a guy who's not. He's not entirely separation gifted. He's not fast. Nope. He really is like, okay, if he's not connecting with Mayfield in these scenarios where we've seen him connect, what what good is that player? Like, what what is yeah. the value? It seems like the report that he turned down a little bit more money last year. I don't know. I just I just kind of think that you can go with the two young guys, add a couple players, add a veteran. I just don't think a fresh perspective on the wide receiver room is a terrible idea. Like, right. I, I, I think that they would be well served from – doing some of those things i'm not saying if they brought back odell or, or if they ended up bringing back richard it couldn't work out but i just kind of don't uh don't expect it to i mean like he just wasn't being targeted i don't know i mean he wasn't he wasn't getting opportunities and you know the question there being asked about what 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 the hell happened to him he wasn't getting opportunities he wasn't getting the same snap volume and when that sort of stuff happens you're sort of led to believe that something behind the scenes plays a part so um We'll see. I think, listen, I think the Browns are in the market for three receivers. Could yeah. be two guys cheap in the market and a big drafted receiver. Could be two drafted players and a guy on the market, middle to uh, low tier. That's just where I'm at. And I think they can they can supplement it with Jamarcus Bradley, who they seem to like a good amount. There's some other ways they can go about it, but they're only going to play five receivers. They're only going to have five on the roster, you know, at any given moment, in my opinion. So I wouldn't stress too much about, like, if Rashard Higgins and Jarvis Landry both go, Okay, that's fine. They can do yeah, some things here to restructure agreed. that room. Let's start talking about some restructuring of that room. Before we do so, uh, the Browns, the rollover cap came out today from Field Yates, which I thought was interesting, looking at teams that uh, uh, after the playoffs, the NFL audits incentives, bonuses by team, the figure will be added or subtracted to the number below. So that's still yet to come. The sum of the 2022 salary cap equals each team's 2022 adjusted cap. So rolling into next year's cap space, Jags roll in 25 million. The Eagles roll in 16.4. The Broncos roll in 11.2. And then all the way up there at the top, the Browns roll over again, 10.6 into next year. So um, that's a good number. I mean, that's the fourth most in the league. That's use it scenario. So if you use it, it's a one-time use thing. And when the Browns are trying to create every penny they can create going into this year, I think that's a good number. Most teams, you know, I think it goes the the Steelers are sorry, the Seahawks are at 10, Chargers nine, Steelers seven, then everybody else in the league is five million or below. So it dips pretty quick. So the Browns are in a pretty good situation there. Yeah, and that's I that's that goes back to having the right guys in the room, making right decisions when it comes to contracts and how they're structured and and uh and trusting guys like Paul D. Podesta and Andrew Barry to put you in the position where Again, this is it's one of the fears with the Browns, and I think it's part of the reason why this season is so scary for a lot of Browns fans is mm-hmm. you feel like, whether it's right or wrong, you feel like there's a window and you've got all these talented players that are going to want, and a lot of them are young, and they're going to want their contracts. Denzel Ward's going to want his contract. What are we doing with Baker Mayfield? You know what I mean? Like all these guys that you want to keep around, uh, they're going to want their money. And so 
you know, I think it's, I think the Browns are always very smart and, and, and thinking when it comes to the salary cap, you've got to be th- thinking three years down the road. You can't be thinking about this year. So uh, yeah, it's good. And it's good that they'll have a little money flexibility this off season too, that they can use. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's uh, let's start looking at some guys that are on this list. Chris Godwin is the first one that comes to mind out of out of Tampa. Uh, he was the biggest name set to hit the market. The problem is he just like the other name we're going to talk about next to uh, have an ACL injury. And with an ACL injury, the late season ACL injury, you are looking at uh, a tough situation for being able to bring somebody back. So um, I think you have to you have to really consider that although Chris Godwin, extremely talented, a nice player, I have a hard time. Michael Gallup, too, which we have some stuff on Michael Gallup, both good players. But to me, and Michael Gallup still might be a guy that Dallas lets go with. I think is it is it Cedric Wilson that they've had? I cannot remember if I got his name right. Somebody can correct me. Yeah. Uh, but he's had a blow up. So they've got three really dynamic receivers there. They do appear to be in line to let Gallup go. The problem for me with the Browns is they're really not playing the long game with wide receiver. They need immediate help. So Godwin and Gallup are guys who I think are talented. I prefer Godwin by a mile over Gallup. I think Gallup's kind of set was before the knee injury set to be overpaid based on separation metrics. Nice player though, but these two are out for me. Do you believe the Browns would long game either of these guys and say, Hey, you know, we know you may not be a part of this year, but we'll be interested in 23 if the price is right. Well, first of all, isn't it just fitting that in this year where the Browns really are looking to kind of restructure this wide receiver room, you've got really good wide receivers that may be available to them whether it's in the draft or whether it's in free agency and they all have ACL injuries. <laughs> I yep. mean, the what we saw in college, ACL tears and 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 what we see here. Now, the one thing I will say is uh, guys come back from these things faster than they ever have. So when you ask me about Gallup or Godwin, could I see the Browns bringing them in? I, I don't think, I don't think Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup is, I think Michael Gallup is kind of what we all wanted Rashard Higgins to be in, in, in a way like, uh, he just doesn't jump off at me in any very special way, shape, or form. And so do I think the Browns would say, hey, let's bring you on. Maybe maybe we don't even get you until week 10 of the season, if, if that's even optimistic. Uh, I just don't think so. Godwin? I think Chris Godwin's a stud. I think, you know, I think, I think again, if, if, 
if you get good reports on his knee and, and rehabbing that knee and all that stuff, do I think the Browns might be interested in Chris Godwin? Uh, I would be. I would be. I like I like Chris Godwin. I think he's worth uh, the wait. Uh, but again, that's just, I think, again, we always get scared with these ACL injuries. Is the guy going to come back? Is he going to come back the same as he was? But I think we just continue to see guys bouncing back from these injuries and, and being just as fast and just as agile as they were in the past. So uh, for me, if Godwin came, I, I, I just, I don't know the money that I would throw at Godwin. Uh, and that's the other scary thing, because he's going to be one of the top mar- uh, receivers on the market. But I would, of those two guys, I certainly favor Chris Godwin. I do, too. I do, too. I have a hard time seeing Tampa let him go um, just because of how some of their structuring is going to look for contracts down the line. So, uh, again, a hard time seeing them let him go. But I would definitely prefer one of those two. Um, uh, out of those two, I'm sorry. Out of those two, I prefer Godwin as well. If Gallup didn't have much of a market that that established itself because of the injury. I could, I could see something being smart as a long play, but they're just so in need right now um, that we're in a reminder. We're just looking at free agents. We're not looking at draft guys yet. um, You know, as we, as we start this thing off Um, another guy who you're looking at, if you're, if you're trying to swing hard on, on a hit a home run, I cannot think the Cardinals will let this guy go, but the answer with with uh with Christian Kirk, man, like that guy can flat out play. I don't know. I'm gonna look here some of Christian Kirk's metrics, but Christian Kirk is really, really good. And I do, I, I know that there could be some issues uh with, with the structure here, but like for a team like the Cardinals, who use 10 personnel more than anybody in the league, it's hard for me to imagine them letting him slip out the door, but he could. I mean, he's He's putting up some pretty solid metrics this year, yeah. but it comes down to money for them. And I think that the Cardinals are going to be relatively tight. So we look at his receiving grades. It's really kind of taken off of late. Not not crazy, but taken off in a sense that he's become pretty respected. He's having his best year of his career with 101 targets, 77 catches, 984 yards. Really stepped into Larry Fitzgerald's role in the slot. He's had five touchdowns as well. He's run... 78% of his snaps have been from the slot, 455, 124 wide snaps, so he can do it. He's only had six drops of, of those 101 targets. It's a 7.2 drop percentage number, but he's got 12 of 17 contested targets, and he's had 44 first downs accounted for, which is stuff that I like to see. I've only made a touchdown catch left end zone against Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns need to address a player who can play in the slot, focus on a guy in the draft who can play outside. I'm not sure they want to give big money to somebody like Christian Kirk, but you just saw that play a second ago, a little, little flip sweep. If the Browns are going to incorporate some fun stuff into this offense, similar things to what we see Debo Samuel doing, maybe not downhill running like Debo, but more <laughs> lateral movement uh, to get vertical. Christian Kirk is fun. I think if he actually gets to the market, he is a really enticing target. Yeah. Okay. So I, I will be full on uh, honest here. I am. I would love to see Christian Kirk with the Browns. Uh, if nothing else, I am a Texas A&M Aggie. He is a Texas A&M Aggie. And I remember watching him dominate in college football. And it's always, I've, I've, I've never been able to put my finger on why that hasn't transitioned uh, into the NFL the way that I thought it would. Uh, but like you said, in, in the system that he plays in, a lot of guys getting touches, and then and then when you consider who he's been playing with, um, 
yeah, I, I guess I understand it, but I'm glad to see him taken off this year. And I think you're absolutely right. For me, uh, if you could address, if you could address getting a really, really good slot receiver. And again, these aren't, this isn't like 15 years ago where a slot receiver is just like, oh, that's your possession guy. That guy just runs out like a, like a little mini tight end and just catches the ball. This is, these are guys that are counted on to make big plays throughout the game uh, and even down the field. And, and you saw it in those highlights. Christian Kirk can get down the field. He can find open spots. And, and like you said, one of the things he is known for is just being able to make a catch when you need him to make a catch in traffic, but then break free. And that's, I think for us, all of us Browns fans, that's something that we're looking for. That one of the things that we've all kind of complained about, and it was hard to watch this year, especially there's a lot of guys out there that make a catch and that's all they do. They make a catch. Uh, and it, they, they're not breaking free. They're not getting away from anybody. They're not breaking any tackles. Christian Kirk is a guy that can get away uh, from a defense, and that would add a great element to this. So so for me, as I was looking coming into this at the wide receiver room, and my preference is Christian Kirk was at the top. He's 25 years old. Uh, I mean, this is a guy I think could change an entire dynamic, especially if you get that young kind of stud outside receiver in the draft. Yeah, I continue to think outside guys in this draft make the most sense, at least at least to me. So those guys are enticing. Another out, but if they do go outside guy, uh, somebody coming off an injury. But DJ Shark is another guy um, whose whose name is fun to say. First of all, yeah, <laughs> uh, di- didn't play a ton this year. I think I'm not sure exactly the injury he had. Um, we can I can find that out in a matter of seconds. But only played only played four games. Um, let's see if we can find this real quickly. I'm sure somebody, Steve, would be able to provide this information. He had a fractured left ankle. So that happened early in the season. So a fractured left ankle after four weeks would obviously be ready to go. He is a predominantly outside guy um, who who actually, let's see here. Yeah, he's more like 25, 75. This past year, before he went down, he had an 88% outside snap. Um so he he definitely is going to be ready for this year. He only had seven catches for third for 154 and two touchdowns, but a nice deep threat when he does play. He had a uh, let's see here. We'll go through it. His last full year, he had second year 2019 was his best season where he had 73 catches, 1,008 yards, eight touchdowns. You guys know what type of quarterback play we're talking about, Jaguars of of, of over the past few years. So not not much consistent there, but always been a low drop guy. Has only 14 drops his entire four-year career in the NFL. Pretty solid catch percentage stuff, contested catch. Um, let's see, uh, 41 first downs the second year in the league, 37 first downs counted for his next year. A nice player, uh, somebody you don't want to overpay for. I know he's dealt with the ankle injury, but it does seem like the ankle injury is coming back. He's got speed. He definitely is twitchy. He's a guy that will play a lot of outside snaps, good length, 6'4", 200. He's, uh, I think he was a combine mid-4'3", 40 guy. So if they are looking to pay somebody, and the top tier of this wide receiver free agent class and the Jags, again, I would just be appalled if the Jags don't bring shark back, but <laughs> if they don't, and they're willing to let him hit the market, as you can see here, stretching the field vertically from the outside position is certainly something he can do. And a guy I would be in on if they wanted to get in on that player. Yeah. Listen, I think DJ shark is, uh, has the ability to be a low end, like real number one, like, and, and mm-hmm. so that puts him, up there with wide receivers i just for me my problem with him has always been for a couple years now consistency 
Uh, he's a guy that will disappear for like three games and then it'll be like, boom, did you see DJ Shark with 11 catches for 120 yards? So, you know, I, I don't know that he's ever been able to put it together consistently, but he's only been in the league for the, this was year four for him. Uh, so, you know, can he step into that? Yeah, I, you know, he probably can. I just, I just don't know if that's your, if that's your home run outside wide receiver. I, I don't know. I don't know if I walk away thinking, okay, home run pick or home run free agent signing right there. And maybe I'm wrong, but he just, to me, he has to be able to do it consistently and he hasn't ever displayed that. Yeah. Still young, still young enough. I I didn't happen to look at what his age was. He's only going to be 25 by the time the season starts still in the prime of his career. Nice player. Uh, definitely not a guy. I think you solve a lot of your wide receiver issues with, but he's a good step in the right direction. Next, we could talk about Allen Robinson. This is a talk about a weird career going from Jacksonville to somewhere else. Uh, you know, dominates has a couple years of real domination in Jacksonville where he goes for 80 and 1,414 touchdowns. Uh, has a nice run in Jacksonville before he signs with Chicago in 2018. Then we know the type of quarterback play he dealt with and kept getting, you know, running into these situations. Uh, he was franchise tagged and had still really three productive seasons. He went 897, five touchdowns. In 2018, 2019, he had 98 catches for 1147 and seven touchdowns. In 2020, it got even better. He had 108 catches for 1305 and six touchdowns. But then a real weird year last year where we know the mess the Chicago franchise was and the quarterback situation and the play calling situation. And a guy in Allen Robinson who just wants to get paid, uh, I think he just really wanted out of there. You know, that's a lot of what we're talking about here. The last two guys is people just wanting out of those situations. And Allen Robinson, it's still 28 years old. He'll probably be turning 29 close to the start of the season. Like he can give you two, three good years here. He's still really talented. Uh, put up some dominant seasons in 2019 and 20, but you can't overpay for him. 6'3", 211 as his listed size. Can still go get it, man. I, I just, you know, if you're looking for a short-term fix, Instead of something long term, he would be a fun player. He's an he's a predominantly outside guy. He really does mix it up a little more in Chicago than he did down in Jacksonville. He was almost in 2019 even split, so he's got some uh, alignment flexibility there. So Robinson, interesting. I don't think they're going to go after him, but an interesting target. Well, I think I think a big key to this is of all these guys we're talking about, and you can throw like a guy that is not going to get thrown into this mix. So don't get me wrong, but you can throw a guy like to what I'm going to say, a guy like Devontae Adams into this of all these guys we're talking about. Uh, Allen Robinson's like the highest paid at this point uh, because of the contract he signed with Chicago. So I can't imagine even after it was a rough year, this last year, I can't imagine after the two years after that, he's just going to be like, Oh, we're good. I'll, I'll take less money uh, to go sign somewhere. I, I just, He's not, I don't get real excited about Allen Robinson. I don't know why. Uh, I, I don't know why. I know he's had some productive years, uh, but he's just not a guy that jumps off as like a game changer to me. I think a lot of guys that we talked about, if you said you can sign Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson, I'm going to go after Chris Godwin because uh, I think he's more of a playmaker. I think he breaks a defense more. Uh, and Allen Robinson is a good player, but I don't know. I, I think the money is going to be the big hindrance for him. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's definitely looking to get paid. The age thing gets dicey because, you know, guy who's 28, you start to worry about the, the quick fall off that can happen. So not entirely sure on Robinson. I wouldn't 
be stunned if they were in on him, but um, I, I'd be pretty surprised. Doesn't really meet the type of money they seem to want to spend. They really want to be second contract guys in free agency. So we'll see how that shakes out. Let's look at our, we have one more player with some clips and then we'll talk about some others. Um, a guy I have talked about for a while and you know, you guys probably aren't going to like it, but I don't really care because I think he's a guy that would fit if he gets in the right situation. I think Juju Smith Schuster carries a lot of negative connotation in Cleveland because of some of the things he said. But I do think if the Browns were seriously interested in him, uh, he's a he's a really great fit. He can do a bunch of different things from the slot. He's a big physical player that can go block in this system. He can go up and catch the football. People forget the type of second, first and second year he had. Okay, In his second year in the NFL, he had 1,426 yards, seven touchdowns, 111 catches. In 922 and eight as a rookie. Got hurt in 2019, only had 552 and three. And then had still, with aging Ben, 988 and 10 touchdowns just last year in 2020. In 2021, he obviously goes back to Pittsburgh, uh, gets hurt, has a shoulder injury. And the shoulder injury obviously is uh, is tied to is his first real extensive time missed. So I, I know you guys are all going to say pass. I, I don't care. I mean, it's not, it's not, the, it's not a big deal. Like you don't like him because the TikTok stuff. He's a, when he's on the field, he's not Chase Claypool. He's not an immature on the field player. Like he can play. He doesn't do dumb things on the field. You might not like the TikTok stuff or the things he said about your favorite team, but he's extremely talented when he's on the football field and fits exactly what this offense would need. So uh, I would be completely in, in on him if they went after him. I think he makes a lot of sense from a scheme standpoint and is a pretty good football player. Him, I don't mind James Washington, also his teammate. Um, another guy that's going to hit the market and, and we'll talk about some random other names we have too, but, uh, I'm very much in on the idea of Pittsburgh's going to be shedding some parts of that wide receiver room. And it's pretty good. They have, I, I think Juju's fine. He could come cheap. He, he obviously went back. He went back to a, a cheap deal in Pittsburgh this past year. Market didn't pan out the way he thought it would, but dude can play. He can play and you got to understand. I mean, he's been playing in a terrible offensive structure and with a quarterback that I don't think is, uh, Got much left, so that's where I'll leave it. Jake, nobody likes it but me. Yeah. And I'm reading these comments that are flying on these on this page, and it's no, no, no juju, no juju. And it's all for the wrong stuff. It's all for the, the stuff that pisses you off as a fan, right? Juju running his mouth. Browns is the Browns. And we all hate him for that. But if he was on your team, you'd love him. You might not like the TikTok dancing. You, you might not like the TikTok dancing, and that's fair. But, like, if Juju was on your team, you would love Juju Smith-Schuster. I would love that, – that's the guy we've talked about to this point that it would be number one on my list is Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, yeah, like, if Pittsburgh doesn't like offer him. him a deal and he's pissed off at Pittsburgh and wants to prove the AFC and the rest of the NFL wrong, like, I continue to think, like, he did – a deal didn't materialize for him last year, and I was I was stunned. Like, I know that the the, the cap dollars were tight for everybody – but like, I think that dude can still play. He's only 25. He just right. turned 25. So, you know, I get it. Maybe he won't want to come here. I don't know, guys. I really don't. But if he does, if he cares, if the Browns offer him a, a, a nice one or two year deal, he could be, you know, mo eventually money talks. And if the, the only team giving him decent contract opportunity, he could want to come here. So I don't know. I'm just talking. The only thing I'm doing right now, I'm not playing hypotheticals. Are you interested in the player? Can they yes. get in what we do? Yes. And we see the Browns do. And yeah, I think he can play here. And I think he'd be a really good fit. Again, reminder, uh, a heavy slot percentage guy, 80% in the slot last year, but has got a percentage of his snaps out wide. 
um, as well. He had 271 slot snaps and 19, 132 wide in that injury year. Then he went 648 in the slot and 112 wide. He's he's a slot guy, and I think big slot players are fun. And if Baker Mayfield is making another run here, I think he would be interested in big slot targets. Like that's a guy he's interested in throwing the football to. So I, there's a comment that just went through that says, you don't think he would have a hard time walking into our – I don't know if I'm allowed to click it. I don't think I – this comment right here. You want to know what my answer is? No. I don't think he'd have a hard time walking into our locker room because I don't think the players care about this stuff half as much as we do with the fans. I don't think they care that he, I think they cared last year. Browns is the Browns. It was a motivational tool. It doesn't mean they hate him. Uh, I don't think they care that he's making uh, dance videos. I don't think they care that he said things as a member of the Steelers about the Browns, because that's what you're supposed to do. You make your comments in a rivalry. All of that stuff doesn't matter. Because when he's out on the field, you said it best, Jake. He is a mature football player, and the dude's a bulldog. Mm -hmm. He is tough. He's big, he's physical, he's strong, and he's tough. And uh, and I would take him absolutely in a heartbeat. I can't I can't really gauge any NFL locker room anymore. After what happened <laughs> with Odell, I have no clue how NFL locker rooms <laughs> That's work. Fair. That's fair. You know, like I just have no idea how people are how guys feel inside a locker room like okay well if that situation is okay and they fully support odell walking out of it and wanting to be off their team and they all love him and like okay then i guess what is nfl locker room anymore it's not the way the locker rooms were when you used to play that's all i know um anyway let's let's move on like i said other wide receivers that make sense uh james washington uh, I think as a guy who's played some outside snaps for Pittsburgh has never really gotten a lot of run partly because I think they really like, how about that stat? Jane, there's been a Washington in Pittsburgh's wide receiver room every year of Ben's career. That's been that crazy. To me. Yeah. Anyway, James Washington has had some more productive years than others. The second and third year, he was quite productive. Then they brought in Deontay Johnson, who they pretty much replaced him with after he went for 735 and three touchdowns in 2019. I think there's a resurgence that can happen here. He's going to play next year at 26. Talk about a cheap option uh, as a, as a flyer, take a shot on that guy. Maybe it pans out other guys that I'm interested in. Will Fuller with the market speed, Zach Pascal who's an Indy, a fun player. I think he can do a bunch of different flexible things like a better version of Richard Higgins. If you ask me, Josh Reynolds, another player who's out there. Uh, I believe Josh Reynolds, played uh did he did he end up with the lions i could be wrong on that i'll look for steve he, to nod his head in the back is that, yeah i think that might be i think where he, he did end out. up with the lions yeah so he went uh from tennessee where it wasn't working out to the lions and had a nice finishing run with the lions as i'm trying to look at what his receiving looked like as he finished the year so yeah he went uh he went for 90 yards in the first eight weeks with the titans couldn't quite find a role and then 306 yards, 19 catches, two touchdowns with the Lions to finish the year in a system that is pretty similar to uh, some of the outside zone stuff Cleveland likes to run. So, um, yeah. yeah, just another name to keep an eye on. Well, I think Anyone a lot of else? those guys, I, I think those are good guys to talk about, though, Jake. You know, we always get wrapped up as fans talking about this big splash. Are we going to bring in Chris Godwin or, you know, who's the big splash guy? But you know, a guy like Reynolds could be a really nice player that isn't your big splash guy. If you're going to go maybe two wide receivers and a guy in the draft or something, he's a good one. James Washington, uh, 
a lot of these guys, a couple of years ago when Brashad Perriman was like such a big part of the offense for the Browns and he made so many big plays, it's a little Brashad Perriman-ish. You have a guy that can just go out there and make a big play. That's what James Washington feels like to me. Is he going to come in and be your number one wide receiver? He better not be. He's never caught more than 44 balls in a season. He better not be a number one. But uh, uh, is he a guy that can come in and make a really good impact like Brashad Perriman did? Yeah. I think Josh Reynolds is the same. Another Texas A&M Maggie, by the way. Uh, I think he's a guy that can make make certain plays in spots, but he's not going to be your feature guy. But this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about when it comes to rebuilding this room. It isn't just about the number one guy in the draft. It isn't just about bringing in a top-level free agent. You're going to probably see a, one or two of these other guys that are getting out of other situations and and – you know, there was one last wide receiver that got brought up, but uh, I know a lot of people in Cleveland are fantasizing about a guy named Mike Williams. I, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm not fantasizing. I know he had a great game against us, but he- yeah, I think Mike Williams is uh, is a, is pretty similar to Tyrell Williams, who who came out of uh, L.A. and got a huge free agency dollar figure too. I think he's best served to just stay with Herbert and 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 rely on Keenan Allen and some. I don't. I don't really love the idea of paying him a ton of money. I just, I just don't. He's big body, but there are other cheaper options that play the game in a similar fashion. And I'd like to draft the role that he would play. That's just me though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's switch to interior defensive line. So next year, uh, a key focal point and improvement on the defense has to be this group. We don't know what they're going to do with Malik Jackson. Um, It feels like they could bring Malik back. I don't know whether they will or not. We'll see. But they are in the veteran free agent market because the draft just is not likely as we sit here today to put a bunch of names together that you're going to like. Plus, they have development players still in Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai. And really Malik McDowell, who they they want to continue to see grow, I think you have to consider the fact that a veteran or two could make sense for this group going forward. And there are some aged veterans I think could be fun. We'll start with Akeem Hicks. He's in Chicago. Obviously a, a fantastic football player for a long time, one of the better defensive linemen in the league. He will be relatively old uh, by football standards. He'll play this year at like 32 and some change probably turned 33 in season. Uh, I think he just turned 32 not too long ago, a couple months ago, maybe even less than a month ago. But a guy who really, really, really can can get after quarterbacks, man. Like He has put up nice sack numbers as high as 8, 9, 8. He's continually a, a problem in the run game. Go back and rewatch the chalk talk I did with uh, – you know, with with Kyle, as we do on Tuesdays when the Browns had why it was a Wyatt Teller, Akeem Hicks throwdown for four quarters, and boy was that fun. Oh. Uh, Akeem Hicks is really good. I don't know if he'll get out of Chicago. I mean, he might want to. He really has liked it there. He's been there since 2016 after he started his career in New Orleans and ended up in New England for a little bit before 2016. Um, could end up wanting to finish his career there, but he's a fun 
a fun target in the aged veteran uh, position type. So strong at the point of attack. He'd be a lot of fun. Well, and you brought up his ability to get to the quarterback, but the thing that I like more, and I think the thing is, as Browns fans, we watched a little bit this year with the guys that were in the interior defensive line. We had a, a couple guys on the interior defensive line that were really good at getting after the quarterback this year. But where I really love Akeem Hicks is he is a beast at just plugging sometimes, just taking two offensive linemen to himself and moving them out of the way so that somebody else can make a play in the run. And that, I think, uh, is something the Browns really need is somebody in that interior defensive line to just be a a really, really physical run-stopping player as much as they can get to the quarterback. It's a bonus. For me, the fact that Akeem Hicks can get to pressure, create havoc in the backfield on a quarterback is a bonus to what Akeem Hicks can do to a running game of an opposing offense. And that's why, I mean, yeah, his age is a little bit up there. But when you look at the list we're going to go over of these interior defensive linemen that may be available, uh, there's not a lot of real young guys out there. It's going to be a, a, a lot of veterans that have been around for a while. And uh, and Akeem Hicks should be right towards the top of that list. I think, I, I think he's a jack of all trades, and I think he probably does have a few good years left. Next one's Calais Campbell, another age player who's just a flat-out stud. Um, yeah. He's 35. He's still ticking somehow uh and, and not just ticking he's still thriving i mean he had 31 total pressures last just last year and i don't know one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen 15. he didn't play the full season he missed a couple games but still like here's the run of overall defensive grades for calais campbell start he played his first he played 2008 through 2016 in arizona then went to jacksonville for three years and then baltimore the last two Starting in 2014, 82-5, 84, 91-2, 91-0, 90.9, 90.2, goes to Baltimore, puts up a 74.7, and then this past year an 80.8. Like, if that guy's a free agent and you really want to get better in the interior for a year, that's the dude to go after. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's extremely talented. And he's – I know you would say, well, he's slowing down. He's going to be 36 when the year's – you know, when the year gets going, well, okay, I don't really care. Until he says he's ready to be done, when you're six, eight, three bills and built like Calais Campbell, like I would go crazy to see him come to Cleveland. I don't know if he'd be willing to. I don't know if he's going to truly continue the ring chase, and maybe he doesn't think Cleveland's quite uh, in the ring chase for him. But if you could go after him, I would go after him in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't care whether they – Jake, I don't care whether the Browns sign him and just put him on the bench – if it means I don't have to go against him twice a year from here on out, I'm cool with that because you could talk about the pressures and all that, but when the Browns go up against Calais Campbell, you might as well chalk him up for three batted passes. Easy, literally every time they go against him. The guy is as disruptive, and we've seen it uh, in the passing game, and it isn't just sacks and getting to the quarterback, but he's like a freak of nature, understanding how to get his hands up in a passing lane especially against the Browns, I would love to see him never play us again, which would be great. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, again, I think one of the things we we saw a lot, we saw when we were talking about like Juju and would he want to come here and do, uh, wide receivers. Is this going to be a super popular place for wide receivers with the unknown that's going on with Baker Mayfield and an unknown wide receiver room? I don't know. Yeah. I think I think the Browns are a super attractive place for a defensive lineman to come.
I, I don't I don't know that there's any I don't care whether he's played in Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Cincinnati or wherever. I think when you say, hey, you're going to be a stud on the interior of our defensive line and on the outside of you is Miles Garrett. And if for some reason they can get Jadavion back, uh, I mean, I, I, I think any interior defensive lineman would want to come play with that. According to Spot Rack, he was a 22 years. Someone was asking what kind of money would uh, um, would be demanded. Two years, $25 million for Calais Campbell is what his last deal was before the start of 2020. Uh, he had a 10 mil signing bonus, $20 million guaranteed at signing. Could you give him a one-year $10 million deal with some incentives and use your rollover cap on him if you think you're in the right window? You know, yeah, I think you could. He's pretty dang good still. I would be more than interested. Next guy's Harrison Phillips in Buffalo. I know a guy Steve and I were all about, all about when he was drafted out of Stanford, uh, a really good player who's developed more and more as his career has gone on. Uh, put up a nice year. He put up his highest sack, sorry, pressure season with 23 pressures and 518 snaps. Has developed a real role in Buffalo the last two years. 36 tackles this past year, 25 stop tackles, a 78.7 run defense grade. Uh, past rush production numbers weren't, as great as you would like them to be, but if uh, if he hits the market, he'll be 26 next year. That's the type of veteran I wouldn't mind Cleveland going after. A nice shade that can really play in a predominant, you know, can get after it in a predominant role that that depends on run and eating gaps and keeping linebackers free. I like Harrison Phillips a lot. A lot of talk in Buffalo about getting a deal done for him with guys who I pay attention to over there. They want to see him stay, so he's definitely coveted. Plus, he also he definitely cracks my top ten in guys that I would go have a beer with. Oh yeah, Harrison Phillips just yeah he's he up looks on like that he list. could put him back, man. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, he fits right in with the garage beers theme. Uh, yeah, that's what I was talking about before, and I, I don't have a ton to add, Jake, from what you said, other than there is value on the interior defensive line of somebody who can eat blockers, and Harrison Phillips is really really good at that. And so, would you like to see him get better? As a pass rusher, sure. I feel like that'd be a bonus. But I'll tell you, when we go up against other teams, when you got to go up against Najee Harris again and Joe Mixon and, and J.K. Dobbins is back with Baltimore, and they see a guy like Harrison Phillips clogging the inside of that line, that takes away a big part of an offense when a team just can't run the way they probably would want to run. And he is really good at, at preventing the run. So I, I love that idea. Yep, another name that's interesting off of Phillips is another guy like him, DJ Jones, yeah. six foot two thirty or sorry three twenty one out in San Francisco. Has had a really nice year. He's put up twenty one pressures this year as his role has grown the past two years up to five hundred eighty two snaps for them. He had forty three tackles, forty one stop tackles. He missed nine tackles. I don't find that to be a metric that would be stable for IDL guys. I think that that's very, very much where you are at the time you try to tackle in a really mixed amount of chaos inside. But I like him a ton, man. He is a more of a B-gap than A-gap player, so he would really fit as Malik McDowell was the shade in Joe Wood's defense last year. Uh, I, I like I like the things. I have to study DJ more, but the, the, the early things that I've seen, I've enjoyed uh, some of his production. So I think he could be an interesting player. Um, not sure the contract value you'd be looking at. He'd play at 27. So... Um, you know, 27 is still pretty young, good three-year deal, something like that. Uh, we'll see what the, what the situation looks like with the 49ers cap, but another intriguing player there. Yeah, I, I just kind of copy and paste for me on that one. It's, it's again, there's there's a couple guys out there that I, you bring in Akeem Hicks, man. I, I would I would do a backflip. 
there's a couple other guys out there that that have a couple maybe not so strong parts in the game. Maybe these last couple guys we've been talking about. Uh, but again, if you have a guy that can clog up that that to me, when they're going into the interior defensive line this offseason, that's I want a guy that can really create a clog in the middle of that line and 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 let those guys on the outside do what they do, uh, but be a disruptor in that middle. Uh, even if it means just eating up blockers, that's what I want to see. That's I felt like the Browns missed that this year, uh, big time. I feel I feel like that's what everybody saw uh, Billings, and that's what they hoped he could be, and he could not. Uh, so uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for, and I think I think any of these guys we've talked about can be that piece. Another guy who handles the run game well. We'll close with this one: Fadakasi out of New York. Yes, I'm not. I don't love saying this. Fuloronsu, Steve, not am I off or right on that? <laughs> Fuloronsu. Uh, for Lorenzo, he was a six round pick back in 2018, uh, six, four, three, 20 has had an, uh, an early, his first year, he didn't play much, only had three snaps in 18, but the increase in play in 1920 saw some nice metrics where he had 15 stop tackles, 24 stop tackles and 20, and then 21, he had 16 pressures, the most in his career. And then 11 hurries mixed in with that 28 stop plays. He is also, I believe a a, a, a more of a shade guy, but a little bit more uh, with their three, four, where they slide people around. They got him as more of a B gap player, 407 B gap snaps out of 558. I don't know what a contract looks like for him, but I, I think he could be another interesting one. Still will just play next year at 27 years old. If that's the type of second contract interior player that they could be interested in, I think I could be too. So, um, you know, we start getting deep into the interior D-line names and you're going to be like, oh, what? Right, so right. we're kind of there, but we'll <laughs> we'll write up some articles on this stuff. But guys who are like Jones and Fadakasi, who are B-gap players, younger side, upside still, are the types of guys that if they do hit the market, I think the Browns could end up being pretty aggressive with because they do really need to solve that type of player because Malik, McJack- Malik Jackson was okay but they need more out of their interior. And can you get that in a change of scenery, second contract situation, kind of similar to what we saw from Larry Ogunjobi in Cincinnati this year. Yeah, uh, You need some of that production. I think Larry ended up with seven or eight sacks. So that's the thing Cleveland needs is an interior presence on a relatively consistent base. They don't need, you know, domination along the interior, but they need more consistency. And some of these names might be names they're interested in. Uh, anybody else that comes to mind, Mike, or anyone else you want to mention is, as we close up this episode, no, Fadakasi was the guy that that I had thought because he kind of fit with what you had talked about before. Kind of that guy. He's probably not going to command a huge contract uh, because he just doesn't have the 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 length of time uh, as a really productive NFL player. Uh, but that's that second contract guy that you think the Browns might be looking at getting that second contract deal with him. And uh, uh, and I think, like you said, the potential for a guy like him is huge. So. Uh, again, I'm not a, a huge expert on him, but I feel like he does fit the mold as what, what the Browns typically might be looking for as far as a guy out of free agency. I'm in, I mean, there's a lot of names. We'll keep expanding on this. We'll, we'll do the thing we did last year, guys, where we do week to week write-ups kind of leading off free agency names, but we'll go position by position, review it, look forward to free agency, eventually get to the draft too. We're just going to sort of play around with positions of need. And so when these times come that free agency hits, the draft hits, you know, all the names, you know, all the important targets. This was a ton of fun. Um, It'll be more fun as we get better ideas of who's actually going to hit the market. 
Uh, but we'll keep, you know, we'll keep doing this until then because we definitely need uh, to keep informing you guys about these people. Mike, I'm excited uh, about, you know, Garage Beer joining this this OBR. I don't know if it's an OBR network. I don't know. We'll call it the Umbrella. Let's call it the OBR network. We'll I call mean, it the Umbrella. The OBR Umbrella. It. We're pumped to have you guys, man. Really, Empire? really exciting stuff. Come in. Let's not push it. There's a little <laughs> negative connotation there, thanks to Star Wars, right? Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's, fair that's fair, right? Uh, anyway, yeah. Th- listen, dude. Uh, remind everybody where they can find your pod right now. We're going to be doing some different things. Remind everybody where they can find it now, and then remind everybody who you do the show with and all of that too. Yep. Uh, so first of all, you can go find us on all social medias at the Garage Beers, Twitter, Instagram. We kind of do Facebook a little bit. Uh, but the garage beers. And, and again, like I said, we're going to get hooked up with a Twitch show on here and we're actually just going to kind of live stream our, our podcast from there. Go follow us uh, and subscribe any podcast hosts, uh, uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, anywhere, literally anywhere you listen to a podcast. Uh, and we have a link tree. So if you just find our social media, you'll be able to find the links there uh, again. And I have to give a huge reminder out episode 100 coming up Thursday. Uh, it'll be dropped Thursday morning, Austin Carr, uh, Rick Nash, and now uh, uh, Joe Thomas. We just announced tonight a huge centennial celebration uh, and a big shout out, lastly, to my co-host, uh, Chad Meyer. Uh, you can find him online at Garage Beers Chad. And then Joe Whalen. Uh, you can find him online at Garage Beers Joe. Uh, and if you're just looking for a fun time to crack open a beer, we don't maybe know quite as much as a guy like Jake Burns, uh, about uh, what we do, uh, but we like to just kind of have a very casual time, crack open some beers, talk some sports. And again, uh, what we do know is that we uh, are very lucky that we get some of the best guests out there, uh, including this week. So thank you guys. We're so excited to be part of the OBR family. Uh, and we uh, we can't wait to get to know uh, all of the listeners and all the watchers and all that and have you guys be a part of it. You can find Mike on Twitter as you see his handle there at Garage Beers Mike. Make sure you're checking out, following, downloading that pod. And listen, ton of fun things coming. It's going to be great. On, we got, got kids in the background. I got somebody. I got a little demon coming. <laughs> he wants there to he say is. what's that, up. That must mean we've been down here for an hour. <laughs> That's right. We'll sign off, guys. Listen, appreciate everybody joining tonight. More to come tomorrow night. If you're interested, I'm going to do a quarterback film study. We're going to look at some quarterbacks other than Baker Mayfield. Just other examples of quarterbacks playing the game in the NFL and look at some of their throws as a means to compare to some of the throws we saw from Baker this year. Appreciate everybody tonight. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Continued support means the world to us. We're pumped to have Garage Beers joining us soon. Keep your eye out for that. Have a great night, everybody, and go Browns. Go Browns. See you, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 